0: Welcome to the EMJ SEO podcast, where it's all about you learning SEO so you can get an industry job later. Have you ever worked with a manager and felt like you were completely supported? That your manager would go to bat for you and have your back no matter what? In the corporate world where enterprise SEOs work, I've been lucky to be supported and empowered as an SEO in two out of the four enterprise level positions that I have held. In today's episode, one of my past managers, Mike Impeluso, now a VP of Marketing at Central Reach, joins me to talk about some of the hardest-to-learn skill sets for working in a corporate marketing environment. I'm talking about hard and soft skills, communication skills, self-time management for productivity, as well as setting the proper expectations on tasks with colleagues and leadership. Hey, it's Matt Hepburn. I'm an SEO professional with 13 years of experience, working as a consultant, working in large and small agency, and for the past seven years, I've been working in the enterprise sector for some of the biggest brands out there. I provide SEO tips for beginners, and I tell you straight out what's going to work and what's not going to. As an SEO, we have to break down complex subjects into digestible topics so that our listeners understand what we're talking about. Otherwise, their eyes cross, and very quickly, they're not following us in the conversation and we haven't communicated what we need to communicate. If you're working in an agency or as a freelance, you're gonna have to talk with business owners, CEOs, or organizational leadership as a daily part of your job. And in the corporate world, as a member of a marketing team, it's critical that you are able to communicate with other teammates, managers, across teams, as well as to leadership. This would be in an enterprise level SEO role. In this next section, Mike's gonna talk about the importance of soft skills and his development in his job.
1: For me personally, soft skills is is probably what came most naturally and what I had to depend on um, from you know, kind of be aware of your strengths and weaknesses uh, so that you can depend on your strengths while you work on your weaknesses. Uh, And I would say the soft skills for me is It was more of a strength. um, And the way that I really use it was to kind of talk to people, ask questions, learn more. um, And then, you know, when you build those relationships and you need help or you need a piece of information or they need help or they need a piece of information, now uh, those relationships you've built and the communication channel that you built uh, is now working in your favor. And again, you're able to learn a little bit more or or get a little bit of help outside of your your normal swim lane. And uh, I, that's been just tremendous. I think from the start of my career to this day, uh, that is still probably the number one thing that I rely on. Um, and also something that, you know, when the pandemic came, I, I suddenly found myself being, all like, right, oh, now my main strength was to be in person and to be able to kind of communicate. And now, now I lost that. What do I do? Um, so it's been a bit of an evolution of learning how to apply soft skills remotely, I think is is something that's uh, that's newer that people have to get familiar with because it's not as easy. Uh, I would say <laughs> all the time it's there, but it's, uh, you know, requires to put some effort in uh, to be able to have a coffee cooler talk with someone that's not as easy anymore. Um, and for sure. You know, for sure. Yeah. Or to, or to take a couple extra minutes just to talk to people as opposed to always being so work, work, work so much, uh, which happens a lot in remote jobs. It does.
0: As an SEO, we have to always be improving and learning. Google and the internet is always changing, so it's a great way for us to improve on our skills and to show leadership what we're doing by being capable. As an example, in 2023, there are two opportunities for updating SEO skills, the first one being the changeover to Google Analytics 4, and of course, there are AI tools like ChatGBT and Jasper that are Accelerating. ChatGPT just launched version four. In this next section, Mike's going to talk about why you always need to be updating your knowledge stack.
1: The digital marketing realm, uh, web development and design, you've never learned it all. Uh, You've never mastered it all. And if you're really not staying on top of it and learning new things and trying new approaches, you're going to get left behind. Um, and i would say that's kind of what i loved about it was that uh, you know I, I don't i get a little bit bored if there's nothing new after a while uh, mm-hmm. and when there's always new things it's it keeps you on your toes um, so i definitely found tools to kind of uh, help with those skills especially um, some stuff is complicated and longer and it's not like you can learn it in a day type of thing um, so i found some really good i would say tools um, that cater to the way that i learn and cater to the way that people on my team learn, uh, so online coding tools where you take tests and deploy that and uh, and things like that, as well as you know optimization and how to optimize page load. And there's all these different courses that you can kind of take. But um, yeah, I would say I, I focused that very much for, for a lot of years and I still do. Um, I would say it's like, I still need to keep learning. And as I keep growing myself still into new areas, uh, I find myself, I enjoy that part of learning new things. and. You know, it's, uh, I've been getting deeper and deeper into marketing operations my last couple of years. And I'll, in my free time, I'm reading books about marketing operations and, uh, and different strategies. And I'm always downloading guides uh, that to just spark ideas. Um, so it's, yeah, sometimes you, you take it all in um, for hard skills and try to learn as much as you can. And, and sometimes it might trigger something in you that you really, really enjoy. And it's uh, you've added kind of a new weapon to your, uh, your tool set.
0: I love that. Uh, anybody who says that they've they've are at their destination, they've they are there. Uh, I usually am say be- beware of because uh, for me this 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 journey is constantly evolving, right? Uh, and Google's evolving, so we have to stay on top of that. So.
1: The more you know, the more you don't know in this industry. Ab- absolutely. <laughs> Especially with this AI stuff coming out. Yeah, yeah. So. know. Now they know. Now AI knows where they know you <laughs> know.
0: <laughs> exactly. Sometimes we believe we understand what the ask of a task is that's being given to us. Sometimes what we heard is not what is being asked of us. In this section, Mike is going to go over why it's important to clarify what the ask is and why before you start on that task.
1: You know, you got to strip down the requests sometimes in terms of the, there might be a lot of details or fluff added to the request. Um, and you don't need all of that, that. You're getting down to ultimately what are you trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. um, and what is the best avenue? Because sometimes they're gonna, with with the initial request of the project, they're gonna have all of these opinions. But you're ultimately supposed to be the leader and the expert in your area. So you're supposed to understand the purpose and deliver forth the best projects and the best execution for that purpose. So you got to kind of strip it down, and then what I like to do is usually repeat back what I'm understanding and what I believe because sometimes that communication channel isn't completely clear And your, you know, leadership might be thinking or speaking about it one way and you're speaking or saying yes in another way, but you've got to make sure you are on the same page as them. This is what you're trying to accomplish. This is what we're going to do. This is when we're going to do it. Um, and once you get that a kind of agreeance, then you should be able to, all right, this is what we committed to. This is what we're going to do. Um, The last thing you want is people to be unclear, leadership to be unclear, people on your team to be unclear, um, and to feel like there's no way that you're going to be able to accomplish what you committed to. So it's a matter of, can we do this?
0: We will do this and then do it. As an SEO, it's really easy to feel burnt out and overwhelmed with the amount of tasks that you're being asked to accomplish on a weekly basis, especially if these tasks are coming from multiple departments, or from other teammates. So to stay agile and to finish these tasks on time, sometimes that requires that you have a meeting to get a reality check. Here's Mike speaking directly to that issue. How do you keep your teams agile? I know how you keep yourself agile, but how do you (laughs) keep your teams agile?
1: Uh, Yeah, I I think similar to that uh, last answer a little bit, like, yeah, strip it down to like, what do we need to do this week, this day? Um, Like, you know, strip it down to the actual priorities of like, you know, maybe you have 50 things uh, in your task list to work on. Mm -hmm. Here's the three things that we need to get done today. Uh, Here's the five things as a team we really need to get done this week. And I would rather you push out other things to make sure these things get done. Uh, So it's really prioritization, stripping it down to like what is most important um, and sometimes stripping it down to what are we trying to accomplish? And then you come back to me with what you think the best approach to getting there is and when we can do it. Um, but in terms of how do you keep the team agile, for me, I think it's strip it down to the bare priorities and then the most important things that we need to accomplish um, and be able to deprioritize things, I think is something that's not talked about enough. So to oh, prioritize this, prioritize this, sometimes people prioritize everything and it's just like right. it help. But you have to be able to say... I'm going to prioritize this so then this thing is not as important to get done today or this week. If that doesn't get done, that's fine. Um, I don't want you to burn yourself out trying to get 10 things done, get these five things done um, because those other five things, they can wait till next week. Um, So it's a bit of being able to deprioritize and that helps with agility. Don't worry about that thing. I need you to do this thing. Cool, I'll drop that thing and I'll do this thing. Um, And that's part of it. And I think that's part of what keeps a team agile and sane. Uh, is the ability to not just keep adding things to your plate and to your priorities but also to take some things off
0: um so that that would be it yeah so I love that because that's not always the case with management right they a lot of times they're just saying uh, we want you to be able to manage your own calendar and what your what your tasks are they're only kind of coming in on a one-on one and saying well how's everything going right yeah what do you need they're not actually helping you prioritize um a, a load of work that you have to get done and like what is the priority out of this uh i got a ton of work here i'm just gonna plod through it but which out of this is most important towards uh and and honestly you'll you'll base it uh on due dates on a calendar versus yeah. versus this is really needed by this time frame
1: yeah so. yeah 100 and uh you know, you want to. I think also as leaders uh, and in leadership, um, it's one thing if people just feel like you're talking down to them in, in a way where it's just like, well, what are you doing? How are you doing? Um, but when they're having an issue, it's like you should feel like, oh, if they feel like they're on a sinking ship, you sh- They should feel like you. The first thing you do is hop on that ship with them and understand how to get out of it. Uh, okay, so you're you're feeling overwhelmed. Um, there's too much on your plate what's wrong? Like, why are these things, uh, issues right now? How do I get this off of your plate? Uh, and they should come out of that feeling like they're helping, not like they're adding, you know, they're just putting more water in my boat. Right. Well, they're, um, they're
0: giving you a life preserver to get back into sanity.
1: Yeah. I should feel like, Oh, this person's going to be in it with me. They're going to help me out of it. That's I, I think, I think that is good leadership and good management as opposed to just, You know, hey, figure it out. Let me know when everything's gonna be done. Uh, You know, uh, (laughs) you know, why do you why do you look so stressed? (laughs) It's just like without understanding, you're like, do you really not understand that? You want to understand, I think, what people are feeling, um, and that's gonna keep them agile. And and at the same time, uh, Matt, I think we've experienced this. Sometimes you have to put in some extra time. You might have an intense project or something you need to Mm do. and if you can't give it back, if you can't say, we don't have a lot of things, right? Now. Hey, why don't you take off a little bit early today? Why don't you just not work this day? Again, it's a give and a take. And if you never give back, then both people are going to get burnt out um, and it's not going to last forever. And you don't want that. So, um, you know, ultimately you want people to understand that, yeah, I'm going to put it in the extra when I need to, because, you know, I'm going to be able to, you know, be with my family or have flexibility uh, at the same time on the other end. Um, yeah. It doesn't always have to be just sit in your seat eight hours a day. Sometimes we're going to have long days and sometimes you're
0: going to be able to cut out early. That's a balance. A big challenge for digital marketers, especially now in the post-pandemic remote world, is burnout and having a work-life balance. As Mike and I are on the front lines on this issue, I asked Mike to give us some insight into this very delicate issue. Yeah, so let's
1: see. How do I have a good life balance? <laughs> guess, uh, well, once the pandemic hit, that got interesting uh, because everything just got melded together. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say turning off and disconnecting is something I've had to learn, uh, particularly post-pandemic. Um, particularly, you know, uh, when we were working together, Matt, we worked at a global company, and and one of the biggest challenges was that that company was actually pretty remote before the pandemic started which meant we right. were very distributed globally so from a time zone perspective there was really no oh it's it's just 9 to 5 people are going to be messaging me or emailing me or asking for things it was actually 24/7 because it was uh it was constant yes. uh, and that became a challenge to turn off uh, and, and and i was certainly challenged with it because uh, i never wanted to be the one not responding i never wanted to feel like i you know forgot to do something um so i had to learn how to just turn off and that was all right you know i'm gonna i'm gonna work as hard as i can today and i get as much done and again i myself same thing strip it down to the priorities what do i need to get done today um i'm usually pretty good with uh being self-disciplined so i'll make a list of things i need to get done that day early in the day and i won't let myself stop until i do them um and there's like that's a I need to feel that accomplishment. I got stuff done today. Here's the things I knew I needed to get done, the big things. And I might do 100 things in the day, but I needed to get those three things done. Um, so I'll strip that down now. And now, when I'm done with that and I get everything done, I'm going to unplug, I'm going to step away from my computer and go with my family, and I'm not gonna check messages, I'm not gonna check email, and I'm not going to bother people after hours if I don't need to. Uh, and then when I sign on the next day is when I see the next step. Um, Don't feel that burden, I think, to be constantly on anymore. And if people have a problem with it, uh, you know, I can't, I can't duplicate myself. I, I, I do this job in part because I wanna support my family, Uh, I wanna be here for my family for the time that we have. um, And I don't wanna sacrifice that. So I think uh, work-life balance, it was a bit of self-management. I had had to learn how to turn off. uh, And I also had to communicate, I think that to my team, it's, you know, I'm not going to be messing them after hours and I don't expect them to answer to me uh, after hours. So same thing, we're gonna get this stuff done today. When you're done, check out. I don't want to bother you. And honestly, don't expect a response from me at 9 PM um, because I'm probably not going to be checking, to be honest. And um, and that's I have to keep my focus on my family when I'm with them. I don't want to be distracted and on my phone and checking my emails. Um, which has happened at times, I've gotten better at. So I've kind of, again, I'm just not going to check. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to be available. Sometimes my parents call me and I just don't answer my phone because I'm just not looking at it. I'm unplugging completely uh, and people need to understand that. And that's, again, me managing to make sure that work is done. Now I'm with my family and I don't want to be distracted.
0: In this section of the episode, Mike gives advice to young professionals who are looking to get a job in marketing and possibly SEO. Let's listen in.
1: I do love uh, being able to give advice uh, to those young professionals because people can easily, I think, find the wrong path. Um, but find find a you know find your passion, not to be generic, but find a way to to have fun at work a bit, to enjoy what you're doing. Um, I have found personally, I, I you know I've had job bad jobs like the rest of us, jobs I didn't enjoy, uh, and I remember. Finding that I was going to bed later and later before work every night because I just didn't want to have to get up to go, Um, and I was just getting less and less sleep. And I would say to young professionals, make sure that you don't dread waking up to getting to work the next day. You should enjoy what you do, and even if every aspect of your job isn't just like you're clicking your heels and having fun, the productivity of getting things done should be enjoyable. The people you work with, uh, you should be able to have uh, you know some good relationships that you're able to depend on and network there. But you, know, you wanna you want wake up and not dread work. You wanna enjoy what you do. You wanna be able to find a, a strength or a passion of yours that you know is going to be to fuel you on those tough days when you're not feeling your best and when things are challenging, um, but you still enjoy what you do. Um, and then, so it's really that. Like, um, you know, don't go into something just for the money or just for this. Like, you, know, you, you really wanna tie it back to, you're gonna be doing this job for decades. It's like, so if you really hate it, it's going to be, it's going to feel awful. It's like, yeah, you're going yeah. to have
0: that tightness in your chest as you're yes. about, about to go to work. You're dreading it, you know. And Yeah, not, not a good lot feeling. of people
1: get there. So it's, you know, find things that you enjoy to do and, and also be valuable. You know, that's the other part. So find a way to be valuable. Sometimes, uh, especially when you're fresh out of college, it's working hard while you're learning. Um, but just being able to kind of take direction well and learn new things and run with it. Um, but be willing to try and fail. Be willing to put yourself out there. Do things that you're not comfortable with. Um, and that's probably the the other part I would say is be willing to do things that make you uncomfortable. Um, you're not going to grow if you're always comfortable. Um, and I've repeatedly put myself out in, in positions that make me uncomfortable throughout my career, but I grow because of it. Uh, and as an example, like, public speaking is not something I, a lot of people don't like public speaking i certainly found that um it was not something that i enjoyed to do uh, and you know i actually had a tougher time um uh, i would say verbalizing things in front of big crowds than than i did normally and it was just a challenge but instead of avoiding it I kind of leaned into it and started just doing it more and more at every chance i could even though i dreaded it um but eventually just kind of working that muscle i got more and more comfortable i learned how to prepare in a way that i could kind of think more fluidly um and again it took years and years of just different opportunities of putting myself out there and i'm still not great or still not perfect but i've grown a lot and i have no fear of it anymore um and again it's not it didn't come naturally and i see that a lot with young professionals that specific one i hate public speaking i hate talking in front of people i don't want to present you know they're afraid of the judgment that comes with it and putting yourself out there and, and people Oh, they people are going to think i'm i'm stupid or my ideas are bad and it's like no, you also don't want to be the person who has an idea and doesn't speak up. And then someone else says your idea and you're sitting right, there and exactly. like, oh, you know, oh, I had that idea. Why didn't, why didn't they know that I, you know, I can contribute in that way as well. Um, not every idea is a good idea. You know, I, I make jokes a lot and I'm more about quantity than quality, you know, and not every joke is a good joke. <laughs> it's like, but I still like to put them out there. Um, right. so it's, you know, being willing to, uh, to put yourself out there, to be uncomfortable, um and you're going to grow because of it that's how you gain experience and that's why uh people later in their year why their experience is valued because they put them out there in so many different ways and so many different situations that they now kind of understand how to read and react to different situations better and how to work their way through them um experience matters and the way you gain experience is being willing to raise your hand and say yeah i'm willing to do that i'm willing to do something new um are you interested in doing this yes you know do you want to hop on this podcast and talk about the this topic yes right. uh you yeah. know say yes a lot it was like that movie um with Jim Carrey yes man I always liked where it's just, yes like, changes life just by starting to say yes uh and I do like there's an aspect of that that I always like to do it's just like oh it's, sometimes I'm I'm gonna say yes because this is gonna be interesting I'm gonna learn something new um I'm gonna be in a new situation so yes um so put yourself out there try new things find ways to to have fun while at your work with the people you do and the things that you do
0: let passion lead you. And and to be okay with failing too. Yeah, you're gonna fail. You're gonna gonna fail. But I think some of the biggest lessons we can learn are from our failures, where our strengths and where our weaknesses are, and how we can, you know, work more towards those. Oh, I I really enjoyed that. I think uh, I, I would be really good at that versus I really hate this. This. Yeah this is horrible.
1: Dan going back to one of the earlier uh, questions about, you know, a big challenge that we faced in leadership that project we talked about, um, that was a very intense project and we we were doing a lot of new things that we felt were the right vision, Matt, you as well. Like we had these ideas uh, and things we wanted to do. And we took the opportunity to do them. We hoped that they would work, but we were really putting our ideas and our vision out there uh, right. collectively um, and hoping that it would work. Obviously, we felt very confident that it would, um, but we had to execute on it. And when you look back, was it easy for us to get all of that work done in three or four months? No, no, it wasn't. But when I look back and I think about what I'm proud of in my career and my accomplishments, that's one of the top ones. because, And because it was so hard and because we did things the way that we felt was the best way to do them not the easiest way to do them right uh, we put ourselves out there we tried new things you know we launched uh, an entirely new website architecture uh, we optimized things differently than ever had before we launched uh, a chatbot to go along with it that hadn't been done before a completely new brand uh, a completely new approach to converting people it was all new um but we put ourselves out there and we did our best that we thought was best and when we look back it really helped the company it was very successful uh, and it, you know we i think are both very proud of that accomplishment because absolutely we were the- willing to put ourselves out there we were willing to try and and do more than what was being asked of us because we thought it was the best
0: yeah no i i you know that experience is, is top of mind of uh, of some of the the sites that i worked on in my career so for sure with challenges, since we're talking about challenges, <laughs> what do you see as the biggest challenge to marketers in 2023? Simple. One word, efficiency. Um,
1: that's where it, this year is going to be. Making sure that, you know, it's like the the generic answer, but like do more with less. You're not going to have bigger budgets this year. Uh, leads aren't going to be easier to come by this year uh you know everything is you know the the economy very much dictates how these things go and during the pandemic we were just in this this great period of growth um and it was you know leads were easier to come by and big sales were coming left and right um but it's just you know there's ebbs and flows and right now we're we're in one of those ebbs where you have to be efficient yeah you're probably not going to be adding a lot of new tools and a lot of new spend um, but you're going to have to be able to kind of continue to grow your company, grow, you know, uh, whatever the KPIs are that you're working towards. You're still going to have to grow them. You know, there's still an expectation for growth. Um, then you're going to have to be able to to get scrapping, to get efficient. And, and a lot mm-hmm. of times, you know, that has to, you know, strip it down. What are we trying to accomplish? What are the main goals? Yep. How do we get that done? What are the most important priorities to get those things done? And instead of trying to do 15 or 20 things this year, uh, there might be three or to five the most important goals that are going to contribute to your company's success this year um and make, let's make sure that we execute on those um wh- while, you know not trying to do so much that we can't be um we can't succeed in the areas that are completely critical so yeah, you know efficiency love that. Is, is the word of the year i think
0: yeah, it actually brings me back to early on in, in the enterprise um when I started doing enterprise, uh, I had zero budget for tools. It was yeah. little to none, and we were still able to make. Um, you know, I think it was like the the first year over year, it was about nineteen percent increase in in uh, in traffic. And it's just, you know, working smart, working with less, and sometimes working with less is actually um, makes you uh, strive harder to 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 achieve your goals versus if you have. A lot of tools and and a lot of budget, and then you're kind of falling back less on your heels versus if you're scrappy. So, yeah, 100%. Like, you know, maybe you have six
1: tools, uh, but do you have the time and every given day to use those tools to their maximum efficiency? You know, are you, um, have you built maturity onto all of those tools so that you're getting all of the features out of them? So, that's a good example of you know, do we have six tools that we're spending a lot of money on, but we're right. really using two day to day? Let's strip it down and focus on the ones that are we're going to really get the most out of, uh, yeah. and not just have all of these extra tools that we're paying for that we're not necessarily leveraging. So let's be efficient in the tools that we have and how we deploy them.
0: Right, especially uh, when it comes to budgets too. So um, yeah, so I, I think that's that's kind of it. Uh, the list I, I know. Uh, This has been an absolutely amazing interview. So I I wanted to thank you for your time and um, um, you have a wonderful day. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Are you ready to break through and accelerate how you learn SEO? Then please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. You can subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice or join our email list at emjpodcast.com so we can keep you up to date. This is the EMJ SEO podcast with Matt Hepburn, and we'll see you next time.